country schoolhouse. I did not go to a country school, but uh, a lot of the kids I knew later did. For instance, 1933 was the first year they ran buses, and that was the end of the country school. And a lot of my friends were country kids. Uh, one fellow I sat by in class a lot. He was, I'll tell you the truth, the country kids were brighter than us town kids to start with, as a whole. The girl who was valedictorian of our class was from a country school, and she and I were really good friends. Um, the country school kids and their parents were really not happy when they had to come to town. This, this was the end of an era that they really loved. And I can understand that. It was a kind of a community thing, you know, and they had their pie suppers and all that sort of thing. And it was hard to give that up. Uh, my freshman year in 1933 was the first year they ran the buses, and we the freshman class, class had over a hundred kids. There wasn't that many that gradu graduated. We lost some through the years, but we were a large graduating class. And there were so many of us that the required subjects like algebra, general science, and such as that, they had to have two classes to accommodate. And the thought was, well, the town kids would be ahead, so they would be in this sort of advanced. And were they wrong? I did tell you. Um, I didn't. Um, you had a choice of which way you could go. I did not take home ec because I wanted to go the commercial route, and I took shorthand, typing, bookkeeping, filing, all that sort of thing. And uh, some of my friends did take the home ec. And at that point in time, they had agriculture in Marsden School too which sometime later they got rid of, I don't know, just that date. But that's my memory of that particular era. Mm -hmm. um, in school, what were the punishments like? Uh, like detention. Now, remember, we only had a superintendent and one principal. And that was over all the elementary schools, and there was a park and a central elementary school. And they were not spread thin. I mean, in comparison uh, with today, boy, did we have this one. Um, you did not talk in the hall between classes. You did not make your heels click on the floor. There were no locker doors that were slammed. There was no horsing around whatsoever. And if you did any of these things wrong, you were sent to the office and sometimes if it was that bad, you were suspended or kept in detention after school. Yeah. There were like many fights in school, or was that just... No. No, because I know that now there's a lot of fights. And no, stuff. there was no fights. No. I don't remember a single fight. No. Um, were, were sports a big deal? Sports were a now? Sports were a big deal. Like football? Uh, it has always been football. Mm -hmm. And before my time, they had a wonderful girls' basketball team here. And I played basketball all four years. And now this large freshman class that I spoke of, there were only three of us that went out for basketball, which I thought was kind of strange. My best friends were not interested in sports at all. Um, girls' basketball was a big thing. I played track. 
And um, well, anything they offered, I, I was in. I don't know how good I was, but I enjoyed it. What <laughs> um, uh, types of clubs were there? No clubs. No clubs at all. Um, okay, in high school, what kind of entertainment did you do on the weekends or what did you do for fun? Okay. This sounds a little far out, but it's the truth. Uh, my three or four friends that we, I, I don't think of them as a clique, but we were together a lot. Our big thing was to go to the library. Now believe this, I know it's hard for you. Uh, and if we behaved ourselves, and our librarian was very strict, you did not talk to the sister, and you didn't make any noise, and you were very respectful. And if, if you got a good reputation established, you could have more than one book which we thought was great, you know, we take these books home and read. Uh, we almost always went to the show on Saturday night. I remember going and sitting on the front row, straining my eyes, maybe that's what's wrong today. <laughs> and we went to each other's homes a lot, uh, stay overnight, make candy and that sort of thing. I had one friend that I loved to visit her because her mother just turned it over us. We uh, planned the supper and got the food and did it all, you know, we thought we were really big time. There was a place called Reese's, it was a confectionery, and that was our loafing place. We could go there and, as I recall, you know, looking back, things are always better maybe than they actually were, but this lady's name was Maurice, and she could make Dusty Miller's and Chili, that was out of this world, and uh, she had a piano and a small dance floor and a jukebox, and we could dance it, which I just thought that was great. Um, my, let's see, I, I believe on my, starting my sophomore year, my folks moved to another house, and I lived quite a ways from town. And at that time, we went to school six hours a day, and we had an hour off for lunch. And since it was so far where I lived, I could go to Mrs. Reese and have lunch. Mother would give me money for that. I, I love that. Um, my dad was a highway patrolman. He was very strict. And I was not allowed in cars only to, I mean, it was pretty well supervised. And there was a place between here and Brookfield called Hillcrest, which my dad thought of as a joint. <laughs> I didn't think it was a joint, but the kids got to go and I couldn't go. And the practice was to go up on Sunday afternoon late at Reese's and horse around, and then the kids would go to history, and I would go home. That happened for a good while, and with this job, my dad was gone a lot, and I finally told my mother, I said, you know, I, I'm just left out. I, I want to go with the kids, and I gave him a pitch, you know. She finally said, uh, Doris, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to let you go. We won't tell your daddy. You must use your judgment. Well, when she said that, that just put the ball right back in my court, and I was so conscious of the fact what I must do or must not do, you know, that I was going to get the go. And looking back, I know that was an awful lot of responsibility my mother took, because daddy didn't know that. But I loved to go. I, I still love to dance, and that was a big thing, you know. I never smoked a cigarette in my life. I have never had any drink except one taste of champagne after I started going with cotton 
he played ball, and a, uh, one of the fellows on the team and his wife had a new baby, and they were celebrating with champagne. And I had seen this in movies, you know, bubbly and just looked wonderful. I was never as disappointed in my face <laughs> like vinegar. <laughs> That's the only liquor I've ever had. And I, when I'm to Macon, we'll back up a little bit. Um, my folks, Daddy was transferred to, make, to Macon, and uh, they wanted to move. And I persuaded them to stay here till I could graduate, which they did. But then after that, we moved to Macon. And I remember my dad saying, trying to prepare me, he said, we're going to find things a lot different than making them than have been here at Marshall. And he was very right about that. And uh, it took me a while to get acquainted over there, but once I did, <coughs> the young people I, I was with, they said, have a drink, Doris, you'll have a better time. I said, if I had any better time, I couldn't stand it. I, I didn't need liquor to get me up. I have never wanted to. In fact, you could tell me, call me, a teetotaler. I really want Um, You said earlier that um, you guys got an hour off for lunch, so did everyone get to leave, or was that yes. just people that were sleeping? They didn't have hot lunch at that time. Okay. Sometimes, when I was in the, oh, like sixth grade, these friends I'm speaking of, we would make it up that we would carry our lunch to school that day, mm -hmm. brown baggage, you know. But as a rule, they all went home. I just lived too far. But when I was a junior, my mother had a very serious operation, and she was in the hospital in Topeka for about six weeks. And um, we had a furnace at home, but it was, you didn't have stovers those days. You had to feed the furnace. So my dad decided that since I had to go home at noon and take care of the furnace, I could drive. I remember it was a Ford, I mean, it didn't have an automatic choke with a hand choke, and that Ford was so cold in the winter time. And as soon as the kids knew that I was going to do this, the kids that lived in that vicinity wanted to ride with me, you know, <laughs> home for lunch. I remember it was a whole car full, and it, it was, uh, it was fun. Somebody would hand choke this while I was driving, so <laughs> the thing wouldn't die. <laughs> Uh, but I never was allowed to take the car out of town. It was just strictly to get from home and back. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Um, did you attend church? My mother, or her father, was charter member of the Christian Church at Buckland, and uh, that was where she was brought up, and that's the way we mean. But she allowed me to test these things. I remember going to Epworth League at the Methodist Church, PYPU at the Baptist Church. I tried them all, Christian Endeavor at our church. But in, eventually in time, I came back to the Christian Church. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, in high school, was there prom? Yes, but I, I have another story here. Okay. I was president of the class my junior and senior years, and uh, so it sort of fell to my lot to do something about it. There had never been any dances at school. And I remember I went before the school board in one of their meetings and gave my pitch about could we have a prom. And we did. That's the first time we did it. Oh, cool. And I felt 
Well, you can imagine how you'd feel going for it. was all men, of course, on the school board at that time. And, and our superintendent was such a strict, harsh man, and he was there. And I really felt like he was walking on eggs. I did that. So were, were all you and your friends like wanting a prom? Was there other schools around here that were having them, so you guys wanted it? Or? I don't know about other schools. Surely there must have been, mm -hmm. because where, where did we get the idea? Right. But yes, they were all behind me, but nobody wanted to go with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you guys ended up having a prom then? Mm -hmm. That's neat. Um, now, we go back even further. When my okay. sister, and she was seven years older than I, they would have a junior-senior banquet and dance, but it was held at the Masonic Temple. And um, they were, would put up elaborate decorations, and it was a big deal. And, and it was really not a dinner. It was a banquet. It was big, you know. And she was a, a member of the Razor Squad. That's what they called the cheer group at that time. And by the time I came along, they either didn't have the resins, or I wasn't interested because I was always playing sports. So I, I really can't go into that too much. That's not all I know of that. Okay. Music was a big deal. A big deal. We had girls' free club, boys' free club, and a mixed chorus. And we always had a spring program. I remember one time we put on Gilbert and Sullivan's The Mikado. Have you heard of that? Mm -hmm. Uh, it was, well, it was pretty much a good job. I can't tell the exact number, but they get, uh, the Glee Club would take apart, both Glee Clubs. We had trios and quartets and the mixed chorus. Now, at that point, they had uh, an instrumental teacher and a vocal, but they would get together and work on this. We always had spring plays, and uh, the junior class, particularly, that was a moneymaker to put on the band mm -hmm. and all their expenses, you know. But it was a lot of fun. But it became less fun as I got older because the older kids graduated, you know. Mm -hmm. I can remember a couple of guys that were in this because they had to have that fine art credit. They didn't want to be there, and you could sure tell it. Mm -hmm. And they just cut up and did all kinds of things, you know. I just thought it was hilarious because I was a younger person and I thought that was really something else. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. In the summertime, was that different on entertainment-wise on what you do on weekends during school? Like I practically grew up at the country club. We didn't yeah. have a pool at that time. Mm -hmm. And my mother worked, and uh, so I would go down and I lived where Dr. Nolan lives now, which was a pretty good walk mm -hmm. to the country club. But my sister and I would go, and she was supposed to attend to me. Poor thing, I look back, I feel sorry for her. <laughs> because she was a quiet, not adventuresome type, and I was just the opposite. And I knew it was just lying in her soup to have to look after me. But that's where I grew up. I just thought that was the most wonderful place. And I would see the trains go by, and I'd just feel sorry those people didn't have that marshmallow country club. <laughs> oh, so the trains were, is that when the people? The trains were big, oh, okay. I mean a lot of uh, At the station, they had a whole upstairs for office workers. And when they would come out like at noon or in the evening when they fish, it was just an, almost an exodus. This town, it was just the hub. I can remember going over in the evening to see the 
chief and the super chief trained, uh, trained, and there were celebrities. You know, I saw several movie stars. And they would get off to stretch their legs here mm -hmm. because this was the division point and they stayed a little longer. And also the beanery was operating and you could buy food there just adjacent to the mm -hmm. train station. Uh, the mail, if you got your letter in time to get to Kansas City almost before you got home, you know, <laughs> changed so much. And I can't say for the better. Uh, I think I'm nostalgic, but mail progress is not always progress. Mm -hmm. Um, so back to the country club. Like, um, was it mainly you and like all your friends? Mm -hmm. So everyone would go out there mm -hmm. and, and we had dances there. Dances where everyone swim and, and all kinds of fun. That's neat. Um, what, what kind of jobs were available? You know, I got it. I didn't have a job till I got out of school. Mm -hmm. I had put my name on the list at Mattingly Brothers, which was the dinosaur uptown. Mm -hmm. But jobs were so scarce that it took a long time to work you up in the list, you know. And I had an accident, some bad burns on my legs, and that's when I got called to work. And I didn't want to miss because I'd lose my turn, you know. Mm -hmm. So I did go to work, and I worked at the candy counter those days, it was not packaged. You'd have a little of this, a little of that, mm -hmm. you know, and you'd weigh it and so forth. And then when the day was done and still was closed, you had to wash and clean those candy cakes. But I was grateful to do it. Well, then, that didn't last too long because uh, a lawyer here by the name of Dirk Green, he was city attorney, had an office girl. And, and your mom might remember this, Helen Hayden. She was Helen Easley at that time. She'd had this job. And I don't know, I think she quit to get married, but well, however she quit. So I got the job. And I remember thinking, boy, that was a hard act to follow because she was a real brain and I was not. Um, and in your questionnaire, I asked, it asked how much I made. Mm -hmm. $4 a week five days a week and um, I finally got up the nerve to ask for a raise and I got 450 <laughs> <laughs> but things you you wanted to know about this I think you could buy a loaf of bread for 10 cents mm -hmm. you could buy a gallon of gasoline for 15 uh, I don't remember about milk but candy bars were a nickel uh, so it doesn't sound as off balance as it or what then as it sounds now, you know, four dollars a week. Um, he later became prosecuting attorney for the county. And he would leave me in charge of the days we went to Lenny's court. And across the hall, and this was in a big building that just burned. But across the hall upstairs was a beauty shop. And these two girls I got to know because when I get my work done, you know, just being there was a real drag. I, I would rather have been busy. Mm -hmm. But I learned a jitterbug with these girls in the beauty shop. And you will remember Anna Margaret Hughes. She was one of them. And a, a girl from Shelbana by the name of Juanita Gribble. And I've often wondered whatever happened to her. And I have no idea. But um, I had that job until we moved to Macon. And then 
I got a job with what we call the REA at that time. It's REC now. But it was just getting started. And uh, when I was living at Maine, I got married. That's apart from your Mark Bain story. <laughs> Um, okay, what about, um, what did you guys do for 4th of July celebration? It was a big deal. We always had a carnival, and, and mm -hmm. a good size carnival. And we always had to have new dresses. Mm -hmm. I remember many times, mine and was one particular thing, we always wanted organdy. You know, it would stand out and everything, but it wouldn't wrinkle and mess when you sat down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they had, um, at one time, Murray's put on a stage show. It was a modeling type thing. And they had pages who would bring the signs out and do the circle. And they had Ernestine Reese and Helen Murray, who were really dark haired, dark eyed girls. And when they got to big, they got this friend and I, we were really blonde, and she had brown eyes. I had the blue eyes. But we had them. Our mothers got together and made suits for us alike, only her blouse was red and mine was green. I think I've still got that someplace. And we just thought we were really uptown. I mean, they get out on this big stage, you know, because they had big crowds. It was kind of like Mayberry, if you know what Mary, Mayberry's like. Andy Griffith showed us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the little town business. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. That's cool. Um, was there a fireworks show? and? Yes, they had fireworks. And rides and games. Oh, and yeah. Lots. Everything. Okay. <laughs> I loved it all. I, I just, I wanted to try it all. Uh, I remember the Ferris feet, Ferris wheel for one thing, because you'd get up so high and you could just see forever, you know, and I, I had never flown at that time and I thought that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, this is kind of off that, but um, did Walt Disney play a big role in the community as it, as he seems to now? No, not nearly as big. Um, as I remember, um, I knew a lady who was a, uh, a relative of the Disney. In fact, um, she was a neighbor of ours for a time. And um, in later years, I, I talked a lot with Tim Flickinger, who was a boyhood friend of Walt. But at my time of life, no, it was not that big a thing. Mm -hmm. Although you know, of course, they had the dedication here in the '60s. I, I don't remember that date, but that was that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, what has changed most about Marceline from now, or now from when you were here growing up? Well, we're just about half the size we were in population. Yeah. At one point, it was over five thousand, and it's two thousand something now. I don't know exactly. Mm -hmm. um, I noticed in your thing about grocery stores, mm -hmm. there was any number of local neighborhood grocery stores. And <clears throat> I think about four or five large ones downtown. There were no empty buildings. Um, you asked ask, uh, ask about police. Oh, yeah. There weren't any need for it. There just wasn't much of that sort of thing going on. Mm -hmm. Although, at the time my dad was on the patrol, there were figures that you might hear about in history, like Pretty Boy Floyd, Billinger, some of those, you know. 
And I heard a lot about that because my dad didn't come home with his work, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so when, when police would enforce, was it, were they really strict with it or were... I really don't have much knowledge of that because uh, my group, the kids that I knew, didn't get into government. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say this, and I don't mean to cast any shadows, uh, the Catholics had their school separate at that high school and even had their own football team and all of that. And those kids tended to be more into the drinking than, than my bunch. Mm -hmm. But I think, um, I don't know the why of that. I, I had some good friends that were Catholic kids. Mm -hmm. we, we did some things together and had fun. But, um, by them having their own private school, there was a separation there, you know. Didn't do the same things at the same time. They had their own football games like on Sunday afternoon. They would use the, the public school field that they got their games for. But public school and Catholic never played? Mm -hmm. Not to my knowledge, huh? Okay. Um, were there any other stores uptown that you could buy clothes? Mm -hmm. okay. There was a man's store that was strictly. Let's see, I put them. I think it was Steiner's. Then there was a Simpson's, which was a dry goods and mm -hmm. so forth. And, were, and at one point, Swenson's. They, they had a combination grocery and sort of a department store like setup. Mm -hmm. um, what about the apartments? that are up there now, were they apartments or were they just part of the stores? Uh, no, they had apartments uh, upstairs in, in many of the buildings. Mm -hmm. And uh, the building that burned the Ringe Agency is now, they had a, well, they called it an opera house upstairs. And they had many dance, dances and uh, some talent shows and all that sort of thing up there. Mm -hmm. And what about the parks? Were they a place to... There's always been the park uptown. Mm -hmm. There wasn't anything like that down where the uh, swimming pool area is now. Right. But we were always so proud of that park. They had a uh, band concert, about a, a town band that had concerts every week. And uh, that was just a get-together. Everybody would go and just, just an all-around good time. Yeah. Um, how much was it to get into the movies? For a long time, I paid ten cents. Yeah, it's now like four dollars. Yeah. Then you got to be a certain age, and I think it was twelve. Then you had to pay more, but not much. You know. And like, what about the refreshments there? Were they? Uh, <coughs> I don't. No, I don't think it was mm -hmm. uh, that you could buy right there at the yeah. theater. There were a lot of sandwich places. What they call the chili hut and this, this and that, and everything. Um, they were just three books. Mm. What about, um, let's see. What was your favorite childhood memory you can think of? Mm. It's hard to say one favorite. I have right. so many. <coughs> I think I said to Ruth, my dad always had dogs, at least one, and sometimes more. And I always had cats. I love pets, and I wanted, I like to make things, and you know I still do. I, I, both of my grandfathers were into carpentry, and I think they marked me 
But I used to make a little wagon and pull the cat around. Mm -hmm. I made a hammock swing and I'd swing that cat and she'd get so sick. <laughs> I, uh, those sort of things. I, I like dolls, but that wasn't my big deal. I roller skate, I bet you I wore out five or six pair of roller skates. They, they would let us roller skate to school. And the park school is where the printers is now. Mm -hmm. And uh, that big, it was on a big hill. And uh, on the north side, when it was, it seemed to me like the winters were colder than they are now. And that would melt and freeze, and it was just real quick. And that we could take sleds and slide down that hill until some boy got his arm broken. And they didn't allow that anymore. But then the kids improvised, like cardboard boxes or whatever. And uh, my mother's youngest sister had a fur coat. And many of my clothes were hand-me-down made over. And mother had this fur coat made, cut down and made for me. And I hated it with passion. <laughs> so one time I thought, I was, I'll fix this. <laughs> so I used that coat to slide down the <laughs> and I wore the fur all off of the back. <laughs> I thought, you know, that didn't, mother said, young lady, you're going to wear that. And I did that very fast. <laughs> oh, I did it. Uh, it was funny. Um, they had a lot of uh, equipment at the old park school. Um, well, I don't remember what it was called. Things, of course, and this big round thing that went on and on. And are you running out of time? No, I'm fine right now. Um, Park School with fun. Darlene Dernitsky, her name was, she later became a queen, and a girl by the name of Strayhall, Francis Strayhall, who was no bigger than a minute, we all called her sport. <laughs> well, they would come back early at noon at lunchtime and put on a show. And us younger kids were just, oh, we were just amazed. We thought that was wonderful thing, you know. Really calm entertainment. I mean, you would think it's nothing now, but it, we thought it was great fun. Um, was there um, black-only churches and schools? None. They had their separate church and school here. Uh-huh. We did not go to school. I never went to school with any black. Okay, because that's... I know that that's nothing that I've ever heard about, and so I didn't know. Um, your mom will remember Florence Leach, and she told me in later years that she was scared to death of blacks. I was never afraid of them. In fact, I'll tell you something about this in a minute. Uh, but she was brought up down in what they call the fourth ward, and she had to walk to school. Uh, there were some of these people that lived, you know, in that vicinity. And her mother just cautioned her over and over and just put a fear into her of black. And she carried that till the day she died. But I was never afraid. Uh, the man who was in charge of the freight department at the railroad, his name was Herndon. And he had a daughter by the name of Corny Herndon. Corny worked for my mother. And I'm sure if they were here today, they would tell you they were good friends. She was a very reliable, great person you know and then when my folks moved to macon daddy bought a huge house it belonged to a man by the name of miller and he had nine children so you can imagine size that and a colored lady worked for them and mother inherited her when when we bought the house and the funny story she used to tell us mr miller they were from uh, europe 
some country, and uh, talked broken. And somebody asked Mr. Miller how many children he had. He said, well, I have four boys and four girls and Paul. <laughs> Don't know why that was that way. But this, this lady, this colored lady, her name was Blanche Williams. She was a graduate of Lincoln University in Jefferson City. Very intelligent, smart. But she had a job that just, you can imagine, just that sort of a job. That's the way things were at that time. But Blanche became, I felt, one of our family because um, when Sean was born, she just doted on him and she had a little carpet sweeper that she used there. She'd let him sit on that while she'd push you around a ride, you know. And, uh, she, I just felt like Blanche was one of our family. So I never had any resentment or fear or anything. And he had been in school about three weeks, I think. He called me Dorsey at that time because um, my dad instigated that. He didn't want to call me mom, call me Dorsey. Okay, he came home from school and he said, Dorsey, I'm going to get a book. Well, I said, that's fine, you know. He didn't think too much about it. And then about a week later, he came home and he says, I can read. I said, okay, show me. Well, he could read that book. And I thought he'd memorized it. But I'd skip through so, it, you know, he learned to read. He had a teacher that used phonics. He took off just like duck with the water. And um, Cotton was a coach, and we lived a few blocks from the school. And Shane got to go over one day. He wasn't old enough to go to school at this time. And he was where they were throwing the discus. And he got hit in the head. Scared me to death. And did his dad, too. Because we were fairly new in the town. We didn't have a doctor. And, you know, a head injury just bleeds like there's no tomorrow. Well, we got that taken care of. Uh, then when uh, my second son was born, he did not have a teacher that used phonics. He couldn't spell. He didn't read nearly so well. I learned a lesson right there. Nobody would listen to me. I did. Phonics is very important, and let's don't skip it. <laughs> then my third son here in Marcellini went to kindergarten. Miss Stonger, Ruby Stonger was the teacher. And uh, she was good. Everybody liked her. Then Darlene was his teacher. And Kim came home one day and he said, that I had to sit in the quiet chair today. I didn't think too much about that because he was talking all the time. Three days straight, he had to sit in the quiet chair. I finally said, Kim, what are you doing? Oh, he said, I stirred the kids. <laughs> and I'm glad he did. <laughs> it's funny about the kids going to school. Shane, when we moved back here, Shane was in the sixth grade. And he didn't miss a spelling word all year. And then he got so his missing words, I said, well, the kids had teased him about not missing a word. So he took care of that. Um, Miss, Mrs. Oldham was principal. And Kim got, and, and Mrs. Oldham had been my teacher in the sixth grade. I thought she was wonderful. I don't know what she thought about me. But anyway, um, she called me and she was just, all the twit, I had to come, I had to confess. Kim had been hurt, you know, 
when I got over to school and he had fallen on a rock and split his knee about just like that. And so we went, Dr. Smith and Dr. Gary were here at that time. We were rushed up there and took care of that. And the next thing I knew, he was wiggling that knee. It looked like a face. He was making it grin. <laughs> that was Kale, Mindy's age, you know. Um, when David was, David was always tall, my second son, was always tall for his age. And uh, he was a pretty good athlete. And when he was in the freshman, they wanted to take him from the JVs to the varsity team for basketball. And I didn't want him, I didn't want him to do that. Because um, while he was big in size, he was young in age. And at an age that I thought in, outside influences were very important. I remember I battled Paul Johnson, uh, Roberts, who was a coach, somebody else. They prevailed. They moved him up. Um, I just don't think they did him a favor. You know, kids grow up, you probably wouldn't think this, but kids grow up fast enough. I don't think they need a push. Let's, let's be a kid while we can. But anyway, uh, they, the boys didn't tell me this till after they were out of school and gone. It wasn't easy playing for their dad as a coach. And I can see how that would be. Because they probably expect more, you know, and all that sort of thing. But um, they, I think they would all tell you they had a good time in school and, and several of them became teachers. So I think overall our Marceline school has been good. I'm out of touch now. I have no way of knowing, you know, cotton kept me posted on who the kids were and what was going on, and I don't have that anymore. I, I think that's a shame. I miss it. Uh, I see Kenzie and Caitlin a lot, but they don't tell me that sort of thing unless I really point blank, blank ask. Uh, Kenzie has high ambitions. You might know this. She wants to keep the grade point up so that she can be accepted, you know. She's thinking college down the line. And that's wonderful. She doesn't take that after Grandma. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> I was kind of like, I didn't want to be disgraced in my grades, but I wanted to do it all, you know. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to do all these things. And um, the grades were just kind of secondary, you know. But I'm glad it, it's her parents that had that influence, and that's good. Lex was uh, quiet, laid back, and he had Mr. Cohen as a math teacher, which I think was a wonderful start because he later went on and, and majored in physics. And uh, so we've had some really fine years at the school, good teachers, and I could recommend it. I hope that we can maintain. Mm -hmm. Did you like school? Yeah. Are you sad to get out? Huh? No, a little bit scared, but I'm ready. Well, that, that's good, and I think that's perfectly natural. Yeah. Um, when I got out of school, I wanted to go to college. And my dad said no. And there was no 
programs or anything those days, you know, for girls. Boys could go on sports, but not girls. So then I said, well, I would like to be a, a beauty operator. And he wouldn't even stand for that. So this job I signed about the lawyer, that was my beginning. I really not had a lot of outside work. But I just thought Marcine was a garden spot, and I still think that. And when Shane went to Brookfield as coach, I told him, I'm, I'm pretty blunt. I said, Shane, I'll always be a partner. And I've never gone to a bell game since he went over there. I don't want to root against him, but I can't root for Brookfield. <laughs> yeah. And so I just told it like it is. <laughs> and some of them said, of course, Cotton had died at this time, and I said, he would just have a fit. And I said, no, he wouldn't. He really wouldn't. He uh, had lived long enough to know how the world works and, and that you do what you have to do and go where it's best and so forth. And uh, so he wouldn't have had a fit. But it's so strange to me. I see Shane in the blue jacket. All this stuff. <laughs> Joan Allison Perry, her name is now, she said, I tell him I still got a tiger in my tank. <laughs> is there anything else that you can think of? Oh, I probably think of a lot of things that maybe not pertinent to what you're doing. <laughs> um, we had, used to have what they call a Tri-County Fair here in, in September. And they had livestock exhibits and everything like And a carnival again. Mm -hmm. And at this time, the carnivals came in by train. Oh. That was so much fun to That's sit up there and amazing. watch them come, you know, the animals and everything. We always made a point to be on hand there. <laughs> and I can remember where the post office was. It's been three different places in my memory in this town. Was there a jail here ever? Yes. Oh, okay. It was underneath what, where uh, Susie's on the corner now, that, that was a hotel building, and underneath that was a jail. <laughs> so just, it wasn't very big? No. Mm -hmm. Just. And I imagine the accommodation was not, wouldn't be legal today. I mean, you know, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. And of course the Catholic school, you know where that was. Or not Catholic, it's colored school. I, no. Down there across the street from the ballpark. Oh, okay. And when the, the colored kids got big enough to go to high school, they were transported to, um, Dolph. Yes. Mm -hmm. felt like that they ought to get off the sidewalk and everything to let you pass and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. That's uh, a family. You can see why there's so much bitterness in the new generation town. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think that's, that's good. You know, I'm, I hope it helps. I really do.